that Mary is not a mediatrix or a goddess, but Mary was a born-again Christian. Mary was saved by grace. We read together the introduction to the uh, life of Mary as a virgin. She was visited. What a privilege to have the visitation of, of Gabriel, an angel, an archangel, to announce to her that she was the uh, desire of all Jewish women to be the mother of the Messiah. As you know the prophecy, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And Mary was that very one that the Lord chose and prophesied about many, many hundreds of years beforehand. Mary, the name that means uh, bitter, isn't it interesting that she would be the one and she would experience a bitterness to see her son crucified uh, some 30 plus years beyond. It's interesting when you compare Mary with Zacharias. Zacharias seems to have a very, a very similar statement when he's told that he and his wife are going to have a son. And Zacharias, you remember his his uh, response, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well stricken in years. And he is stricken with blindness. Mary had a very similar statement when she was told that she was going to uh, have, that something impossible was going to happen through her. Where she's told that, that she's going to have a child, a man, the Messiah. And you remember her response is very similar to, to the response of Zechariah's, where she says in verse number 34, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And people have asked, Well, why wasn't Mary stricken in with blindness or some temporal chastisement? as well as Zacharias. Well, my answer is, the Lord knows the heart. He knew that, that Zacharias' response was unbelieving, even though it was a, a miracle that it would have to be performed just as well as the miracle of the virgin birth. Where Mary's was more of a, an innocent questioning. Um, biologically, I can't. But then, so... Zacharias would seem to say biologically I can't but the Lord again knows the heart and that's the difference Mary was not did not give an unbelieving response she just gave a, a response of one who wants to know information and the Lord certainly did so and we also see and I'm getting ahead of myself that Mary gave no indication of ever being a goddess one of the misunderstood statements about Mary is chapter 1 of verse 28 where the angel says to her, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. That is not a statement to deify Mary and to encourage adoration of her. 
literally it reads, uh, Rejoice, thou that has been graced by God. That's the idea. Highly favored is a verb that means to be shown grace. And the word hail means to rejoice. And simply the Lord is with thee indeed. And she is blessed among women. But the Lord Jesus blessed us. He said, blessed are ye who are so many of those beatitudes who are merciful and who are persecuted for righteousness sake who are pure in heart and so on but we have quite a record of Mary in the Bible Um, we have her reception of the news from Gabriel and her Magnificat she rejoiced in God remember her Savior Uh, we have her journeying to Bethlehem the birth of Jesus, the flight to Egypt, her residence in Nazareth, her frustration in Jerusalem, uh, her meditation on Jesus' words, her faith in Jesus' power, her disrespectful misunderstanding of Jesus' ministry. Uh, She was respectfully rebuffed by the Lord. Uh, She became very fruitful in that she had four more sons and three plus daughters for a total of at least eight children. And one, of course, was without Joseph being a part. She is at the cross, as John records it, and then we find her in the upper room in the book of Acts. So we have quite a bit of material to ponder a biography of of Mary and and she, it's a biography of, yes, St. Mary. But every true born-again believer is a saint. And so you could put saint before your name this afternoon. And uh, so it is. We're ones who've been made holy. That's what the name, the word saint means. Mary was not immaculately conceived. There's no indication, no evidence of that altogether. The Bible says, point blank, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But that does not, that verse does not teach that all prove their depravity and prove their, um, their, uh, sinful nature by committing sin. That is actually saying all have sinned in Adam and come short of the glory of God. But that includes Mary. But certainly, we find that Mary uh, proved that she was not immaculately conceived. She, like David, would say, In sin did my mother conceive me. In sin did my mother birth me. And in sin did I live, however long Mary lived on the earth. The only one that was ever immaculately conceived was the Lord Jesus Christ. The immaculate conception. When do we ever hear of that expression? The immaculate conception of Jesus Christ. It is so pronounced in Rome and other circles. The immaculately conception. The immaculate conception of Mary. And may I say she would protest that vigorously vociferously if she was on the earth today. And may I remind us that the the sinless birth of Jesus Christ was not simply because 
He was born of a virgin because she was a sinner. It's the miracle. It's the index finger that He is the Messiah. But it's not the reason why He is sinless. The reason why He had a sinless conception and birth is because He's the Son of God and because the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And the Holy Spirit kept uh, the sinful transmission from Adam so that it did not contract in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary was not immaculately conceived. You can remember growing up in Rome and we had such an there was such an aura about Mary, especially in the month of May, is the Mary month. And we would have processions, I remember, in grade school and, and uh, all these statues of Mary would be in the procession and all the the laud and honor that you would give to a queen like the Queen of England. And it was it was uh, superstitious. It was it was strange to me. But yet I was deceived and I went right along with it. But again Mary would protest against any of these so called parades in her honor. But there are many things that cause the Protestant Reformation but certainly the, the idolatry of, of the worship of, of Mary was part of it. Mary was not the mother of God's nature. We have to be careful to distinguish because Elizabeth said, called Mary the mother of my Lord. And the angel or Mary did not rebuke Elizabeth for that statement. That sounds very similar to what Romanists pray when they pray to Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Technically, to say Mary is the Mother of God is, very, is parallel to Elizabeth saying Mary is the Mother of my Lord. So we have to distinguish between that Mary is the Mother of Jesus and Mary is the mother of God's nature. Or let me say, the distinguish between Mary is the mother of God versus Mary the mother of God's nature. Or Mary is the mother of my Lord from Mary is the mother of my Lord's nature. She is not the mother of God's nature. But since Jesus is God, it is not incorrect to say she was the mother of God because He is God but not the mother of God's nature. And that, that, that distinction must be maintained. But it's the worship of Mary because they think she's the mother of God's nature that is absolutely blasphemous. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, is, he has God's nature. He is, he is fully God. And now He has become fully man. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Like we saw this morning, Moses had a reflection of God's glory being in the mountain. Jesus does not have a reflection of God's glory. He is the radiance of God's glory. Hebrews chapter 1. 
So we have to maintain that distinction. But but Elizabeth was not um, incorrect when Mary visited her and Elizabeth said in verse 43, Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? They both understood that Mary was a mere human being and that God has no birth. God's nature has no birth. God is from everlasting to everlasting. He had no beginning and He has no end. God was not born. God causes people to be born. Mary was not sinless in life. We find that in Luke chapter 2, she scolds the Lord Jesus because He stayed behind in Jerusalem. And there is a a spirit of scolding that is a sinful uh, exhibition on Mary's part. Remember when Jesus stayed behind to hear and answer questions? Wouldn't you have loved to have been in the temple at that time? But they were astonished at His understanding and His answers. It would have been wonderful. I wonder if he'll He'll ever let us see the video of that. If I'm going to ever want to watch video, I want to watch video of, of those kinds of things. But we're, we're told that she uh, scolded the Lord. Remember verse 48 of Luke chapter 2, And when they saw Him, they were amazed. And His mother said unto Him, Son, why hast Thou thus dealt with us? Behold, Thy father and I have sought Thee sorrowing. And I can... Can you not sense a spirit of frustration, a spirit of, of scolding of Jesus? Jesus never needed to be scolded for any wrongdoing. It was, it was wrong on Mary's part. Jesus said, how is it that he sought me? How patient, how poised he was, how kind, a soft answer that turned away wrath. That she should have been, I trust she was smitten for her wrath. Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And you see how Mary, though, humbled herself and repented. And she, it says of her that she kept all these sayings in her heart. She started to meditate on the things that Jesus was saying. And so the, the consciousness of his deity and his superiority was gaining on her, gaining momentum. I don't we're not told much about Joseph, are we? I don't even think Joseph has a word to say, does he, in the in the scriptures? He uh, is totally silent, isn't he? As he ponders putting her away as the angel that that was that was basically told what Joseph was thinking. And could no doubt conclude by the way he was Packing and uh, seeking to put her away. But, oh, Joseph is such a testimony of a silent Christian. A Christian that doesn't talk a lot, but just speaks volumes by his actions. And that certainly should be a good example to you and me. But then we see her in an unbelieving state. Chapter 3 of the Gospel of Mark. Remember when Crowds were beginning to follow Jesus and, and there was a somewhat of a, 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 a public stirring going on 
among the people. We're told that a multitude had come together so that they couldn't even eat bread. They were so, um, so busy and so um, preoccupied with the ministry of Jesus. It says in verse 21 of Mark 3, And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. Now some say, well, how can you prove that this is including his family? Well, for the one thing, it's not the typical word for friends in the Greek. Philos. Loved ones. It's actually an expression that means those who are with him. Those who are with him. And it's not referring to his disciples. And we can be conclusive that it's referring to his mother and his siblings. It says that they went out to lay hold on him because they basically said he was becoming insane. What a, what a disrespectful and a unkind and even an unbelieving thing to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. So this, I think, especially uh, shows that Mary was indeed a sinner and had committed sin. We believe at this point that she's a Christian, if you a believer in in the Word of God, and we would certainly say at this point she would be classified as a Christian, but yet she was carried away uh, with this unbelieving uh, action on her part and those that were with her. But how often have we been carried away, swept away with a sentiment that isn't proper? that isn't respectful of our Savior or of the Word of God. We have to be careful that we don't follow a multitude to do evil, that we don't misrepresent the Lord or misinterpret the Lord's working in, a, in the midst of a church or midst of a nation. And certainly, uh, she bore further children and they were born in sin. And she was unclean, as it were, like the Scripture says of a man and a woman. And the woman had to be set aside for 66 days. And tell me this, when Mary was set aside for 66 days, did anybody think that she was sinless? After she bore seven children? We're told that they were brothers and sisters in Mark 6 and Matthew chapter 13. And Rome seeks to, to uh, try to persuade and have persuaded millions that they were simply cousins of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters are brothers and sisters. That, those are the exact words. They're not, like I just said to you, they're, they're not an other, another expression. They're actually Adelphoi and Adelpha. They're brothers and sisters. Jesus had at least seven, we're told. He had four brothers that we know of. you remember their names? We had Joseph Jr. We, had, uh, we have James. We have Jude. And we have unknown Simon. But we're given, we're not given the names of his sisters, and of course that that raises a question. We know that his brothers were there 
in the upper room in Acts chapter 1. But what about his sisters? And the uh, kind of, uh, not funny, but kind of uh, interesting expression in some of the newer versions. Whenever you read brothers, they always put, sometimes in a very annoying parentheses at the bottom of the page, brothers means brothers and sisters. <laughs> and so what they'll do is when it comes to the passage that the brothers were there in the upper room, that it means brothers and sisters. But we can't necessarily make that a conclusive statement. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to uh, be dogmatic that his sisters, the silence of, about his sisters means that they probably weren't saved. Nor can I speak for the fact that they were saved. Now, of course, our hope is that our, our, it would be a great blessing if we meet his three plus sisters in heaven along with his four brothers. But the point is, he was not a perpetual virgin like Rome teaches. There's so many deceptions and lies that the Bible uh, uh, denounces and sheds, sheds light on and, and uh, rebukes the lies that are perpetrated. Mary was not assumed into heaven. There's no record of a so-called blessed assumption. So we can say the blessed uh, conception and the blessed assumption are referring to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. He was assumed into heaven. Just like Enoch and Elijah were assumed into heaven. Jesus was assumed as an expression, as an honor to Him. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Brothers and sisters, who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. He is the one that was assumed into heaven. May I say that Mary's grave is with us today? Her ashes are somewhere out there. And perhaps even her tomb is there if someone could find it. But the Bible says it's appointed unto men. And may we say there in parentheses, and women, once to die, and after that a judgment. Jesus' tomb is there somewhere, but it was emptied after 36 hours. But now that tomb is probably occupied by the body of Joseph of Arimathea. Although I wonder if Joseph felt unworthy to be buried and simply shut the door, as it were, and left it empty to remind others that Jesus Christ is alive and well and raised from the dead. She was never assumed into heaven. But may I say she was welcomed into heaven because she pleaded the blood of Jesus. She got to heaven's door and they asked, what, why should we allow you into heaven? What would her answer have been? That I am Mary, the mother of God? That I am, I am the, the mother of the Messiah? That I am the, the, the one 
the, the desire of all women, that I receive the desire of all women, what would Mary have said, brother and sister? I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm saved by the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. She is not an object of prayer. It's a smokescreen to compare the the higher worship of God and and the lower worship of human beings. She's not an object of any worship. When people pray to Mary, they're praying into the air. Mary would have to be omnipresent to hear our prayers. No, no one next door to us can hear me if I scream at this point. And yet people think, how deceived, how distracted from God are people to pray to a, a, a woman who is in heaven singing and praising God and fellowshipping with other human beings and bowing at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary's a million miles away. How often have I said this to someone in conversing with them about the idolatry of Mariolatry and Romanism? Do you not see how deceptive it is to think that a woman is deified and, and is a mediatrix? It's, a, it's blasphemy. It's an insult to God. It's an insult to His Son who did all the work to save our souls. As if we need a woman because Jesus is a man and He doesn't have the, the compassion of a woman. That's an insult to the Son of God. Mary would say if she was here, whatever He tells you to do, do it. Remember at the wedding in Cana? You see obviously the development of her faith. That we, Yes, there's something negative there. Of the, as Jesus said, you're, it's premature for me to... To, uh, to do miracles at people's whim. But yet, there's something very positive in an in, in, in exhibition of her faith. What did she mean when they didn't have any wine? She must have felt that, not that he had, could get the money to go out and buy it. She must have felt that he could do something powerfully to make this happen. There's an expression of faith on Mary's part to those servants. Do whatever He tells you to do. I know that He can fulfill your need. Mary was indeed showing that she believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Remember when the, when the devil was loosed from his pit, he went out to deceive the nations. And that's what's taking place today. He has deceived the nations. He'll deceive them with multiple religions. He'll deceive them with no religion. He'll deceive them with anything and everything except the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. She would protest any adoration of herself or anyone else but the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, it was angels that rebuked the sin, may we say, of Peter and John when they, when, they, when they went to worship them. Those were sins to attempt to worship angels. And the angels said, did they not, to Peter and John, we are fellow servants. And Mary would say the same. She would say, if she could, I'm a fellow sinner. 
I'm a fellow saint saved by grace. Get up. Worship the Lord only. Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. There's so much that that is, is found in the biography of Mary. And you know, the Lord reveals His truth through all kinds of genres, as we would say. Epistles and the book of Revelation, parables, history, biography, as this, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was born again, saved from her sins. And we see how all these incidents in Mary's life point to the Lord Jesus Christ and not to herself. You could say a lot more about this perhaps in another message, but let us remember that Mary is our sister in the Lord. She's a born-again believer. She's a member of the, of the church of Jesus Christ. Now a spirit of a just one made perfect in heaven. And one day, what a privilege it will be to, to meet her with every believer. But it will be special to meet the one that was highly favored of God, chosen to bear the Messiah. You know, when I say when I see Mary, I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to fall at her feet. If I can, I'll shake her hand. If it's okay, I'll give her a hug. But I'll say, I'm thankful to meet you, Sister Mary. And I am so grateful that we have the record of, of your life in the Scriptures and that there's no indication that you were ever to be a goddess or a mediatrix. And I'm so glad that you never knew about Romanism, at least while she was on the earth. But there may have been some tests to Mary, when you think about it, on both sides. She may have been persecuted because people had accused her of, of, of uh, immorality, of bearing Jesus without Joseph. And of course, she had the extreme challenge of always being gawked at by would-be or at least what might we say of good-intentioned Christians flocking her and making her feel like a goddess. How many times did she have to say to Christians, get up, get up, get up. I'm just a woman. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. That's the message we need to bring today. Worship the Lord. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Never mind Mary. Seek Jesus.